Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for hanging out today. We're talking podcast, <laughs> hey <there>. Sunday Sermon. <laughs> We've already sat here talking for an hour. Yeah. So no need to catch up on your life. Yeah. They don't, no one cares. I already know too much. I know I thought that like halfway into this conversation like so how is the rest of your Sunday oh wait maybe people want to hear that yeah (laughs) I'm I'm doing um, following Jesus with a couple teenagers we had a um, involved with youth groups I went to a youth group leaders meeting last night and then yeah, and then here, here, here at church today, working on. We have all. all it's a Monday, so yep. We have all staff tonight, nights. so preparing yep. that, and and then I go on vacation. So Sunday, our friend Justin Corkum's preaching, and yeah, then Dennis Marcourt, yep. one of the key spiritual people in my life, is preaching the week after that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And Stephen's preaching. Stephen's I'm off after for a that. few weeks. Yeah, three weeks in a row. Or maybe four. Who's preaching the fourth? I don't know. You better, you better tell me sooner. Oh, <laughs> if it's me. <laughs> if you send me an email while I'm on vacation, it'll automate it. Say, and Jeremy's preaching. Jeremy, by the way, <laughs> that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> by the way, if you're emailing me, this is the response. <laughs> that is funny. We did talk about that for this Sunday. We were trying to figure out a guest speaker. And I told you, like, I I will be your very last resort. Yeah, because we last. had a guest speaker cancel. Yeah. So, thankfully, our friend Justin's coming, so that'll be fun. You know what I'm excited about, Justin? We and we've talked about it before when we went on the on the Wyoming trip. We talked about how the fun game to play was. Um, who are who is this person represent in our district? So we're like, oh, that's. Wyoming's this person, right? Because yeah. you just find like there's all these quirks that people still have. But Justin Corkum is restoration, is Mike Mayo. Like I think they're like the same type of person, but I've only ever seen them in different churches. So, and I actually, oh, Mike might not be here. Dang it. I was just excited to see them have a conversation because I think they're extremely alike. It's just me, but it's yeah. like they are the district. Like, oh, you're this church's Mike Mayo, and obviously to some different extent because Justin Corkum's like full time pastor and yeah. all that. But um, yeah, I'm excited for him to preach. I've never heard him preach. I've only heard him do worship or lead worship. Yeah, I think I've watched one of his messages online. <laughs> Turns out he's he's never preached before. We don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, that's good. We so he's preaching a standalone, yeah, and then we're back into the like Jesus, yeah, um, series for a couple of weeks. Third part, third part, yeah, of like Jesus, yep. We have one more in the winter, four times, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I keep every time I forget that we did that and I see the series come back up, I get excited again. So Dennis is starting that one, Pastor Dennis, yep, is kicking that one back off. You're right. <laughs> I need a. I need a footstool. Footstool. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was our last week in. I I can't tell you because it's the car. I keep wanting to call it rust bucket. <laughs> I keep from an old frame 2011 off restoration. Yeah, frame off restoration last week, which is the best type of restoration. There is All no right. better. Yeah, a frame-off restoration, because you're going to be like, this car was restored, but that doesn't mean a frame-off restoration yeah, yeah, yeah. is like, man, you've you've worked on every single nut and bolt right. on the thing. Well, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> a, a, you know, take it all apart, spiritual life, take it all apart. Yeah. Check every nut and bolt and put it back together. That was kind of the big idea of the series. I don't know if we hit that or not. Yeah. You know what? Random. It could have been a week. All right. And if, if for some reason Justin bailed, I would have used this. I just thought through as, as you're talking through, like you take it all apart, you put back together the whole joke of like, um, yeah, I, I fixed this. I took it apart, put it back together. And I even had spare parts after 
like the idea. Right. Um, that could have been a cool, like leave nothing out as you're rebuilding your faith right. and theology, like don't have the spare part bag. Right. Um, but I think that's, that's interesting. Finding it, finding the place for everything and going through. That happened to me on my lawnmower. <laughs> I had this lawnmower yeah. that my mom bought, I don't know how many decades ago. And it's been sitting in my yard uncovered in the rain for two years. I took it apart, put it back together, got it running but I had like some extra bolts. And I'm like, I have no idea. At some point. I, like I took pictures too, because I always do that. Yeah, and I can't, I'm smart. looking through the pictures and can't figure out where they came from. But anyway, it runs. <laughs> I tried to do that with a lawnmower that I had with zero, zero engine knowledge. You know, you mocked me two weeks ago of my car knowledge. Um, that was not. Did I it was I a, it was a playful jest. All right, and I'm not I'm not that offended, but I I do that too. I try like I just Google something, but my problem is is I um my I have a short attention span, so I'm like I'm gonna come back to this tomorrow, <laughs> and then when I go back outside, I'm like I have no idea what I did. I don't know what these parts are. I don't remember. So yeah, at one point that lawnmower you fixed, the blade's gonna go flying or something. It was the bolt. It's good. It's going to be something important <laughs> that you don't know about. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So take me through what brought you to was roadworthy always. Roadworthy was the title. That I was think the final week. What I added to it was road trip worthy. Yeah. Right. So you drive it across the country. So is our, I don't know if I said this at all in the message, but it, it, you know, we're building our spiritual life. Is it going to get us to finish the race? Yeah. Is it going to get us to, yep. you know, to to heaven? Is it going to bring us on that narrow path, the path of joy? Like right. finish the race is the the big idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and even connecting into last week, do we have a religious life? Yeah. That will lead to eternal life. Yeah. So again, like we're just... I just wanted to, you know, when you're restoring a car, you put it all back together and you start driving it. And then there's the, the squeaks and the rattles yeah. and the electrical things. You got to go back and fix and make work. And right. there's still a lot of work to do once the car's done. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I just wanted that symbolism and to talk about some things we wouldn't normally talk about. Yeah. I think that's great. I think the change is great too, from road worthy to road trip worthy. I think about if you're new to a church, you don't, you don't know that we did this, but when we started like the bread sled ministry, we took an old ice cream, ice cream truck. We, we didn't do a frame off restoration, but we restored it. That sucker was not road trip worthy. Oh, that thing was terrifying. I, was I remember so... on the highway <laughs> breakdown lane, just trying to get to the next exit. Cause New Hampshire makes you drive on highways to get for one town over. And like that, yeah. that was, yes, it was restored. It looked sweet. The rims on that thing were awesome, but it was not road trip worthy. No, and yeah. So you don't want to have to drive. It was too scary. We, we, we stopped letting people drive it. <laughs> like it needed yeah. a ton of more additional work, but. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go through your days. spiritual life <laughs> with your hazards on, on the side of the road, driving 20 miles an hour because you cannot handle it. You know right. what I mean? Like that idea. So road trip worthy is a good, that's a good addition than just road worthy. So, and, and I liked that too, because you're talking through, you're right. We don't, we never have a sermon that can be really based on these things aren't sin, but could they get you there? And these, you know, and you talk through like, these are our, Different things, the, the 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 rattling and the squeaking. Yeah, they're and all not that. sin. They're not going to lead you to hell, but they're not mature. Yeah. So if we want to grow into maturity, let's deal with some of these things. Like, you know, one we could probably talk about forever is when church people hate change. Yeah. Right, and how we respond when there's change, how we treat each other when there's yep. change how we treat our church, our pastor, how we treat our money. Yeah. Like, okay, it's not sin. You're not going to go, no one's going to hell because yeah. they got angry and, 
were frothing at the mouth because yeah. curtains were taken down or right. a piano was moved right. or some plaque was thrown away. No one's going to hell yeah. because they acted in the wrong way. But can we please grow up a little bit yeah. and stop squeaking and rattling over every bump and pothole? And Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think through too, though, um, right. The idea of going through, you know, you, you, you're going through your life in heaven. You're working through, like you did these immature things. You can chalk it up as immature, but then it's like, you find out how many people did you turn away from Jesus because of your immaturity. And so it's like, no, it's not a sin, but it's against the great commission. To, to be an immature Christian is is harmful to people. Yeah, you know? and, harmful to the kingdom. People, you know, the, the famous quote, I, I think it was Gandhi. He's like, and it's hard for me to remember the quote, but the paraphrase, was it the, I, I would be, I would be, I would follow Jesus, but for Christians, something yeah. like that. I like your Christ. I hate your Christians yeah. or I don't like your Christians. I think it's, yeah. it's something in that quote. Yeah. You know, I... And and the number one reason people don't follow Jesus is because of his followers. Yeah. It's because of Christians. Yep. How we're, we're his ambassadors. We're the salt of the earth. We're the yeah. light of the world. <laughs> yeah. And people see us and they're like, no thanks. Yeah. And I get that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not everybody. And I love Restoration Church. Yeah, no. But I mean... Occasionally it happens, but it's just so immature. Yeah. I remember, you know, and it wasn't, it was an immature piece of, you know, we, we've had a, and if we already talked about it, sorry. Um, But uh, when we launched Milton, right. Our Milton location, I remember us taking over the business page from the previous church, right. You have to send in a postcard, prove it's your building, and uh, the only thing was uh, you carry over some of the comments. I don't, I don't know if you remember that comment mm. that someone made of, it was, it was that church's last meeting. There was an argument that broke out in the middle of church while they were closing out. And that person was like, uh, my faith died a long time ago, but my last happy memory of this place died today. And like this person that had attended that, that location before before it was a restoration church saying like this immaturity is, has killed my faith, you know, and, yeah. and granted that's faith in the wrong thing. Uh, that's faith in people like we've talked against, but there's still that possibility of like, you can murder people's faith with your immaturity. And it's so important. It's so important to smarten up. And I get it. Like we're going to go through this list. I feel like there's a ton I need to, <laughs> I need to work on. There's so much, to mature, like everything in your list. I was like, ah, oh, dang, I have so much work to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like this wave of emotion in me thinking about how people miss Jesus because they end up in a, a church or they mm-hmm. end up in a small group, but they end up surrounded by Christians who are... So nasty. Yeah. Yeah, like hostile and yeah, it's 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 just crazy. So it's important. It's not actively sinning, but uh, I forget who is it. Talk through this idea they they went through. It was one of the things why certain churches, you know, and us included in some areas of why we want our services to run a certain way is that whole idea of the only thing I want people to be offended by is the gospel. I don't want to offend them by my personality. I don't want to offend them by, I want them to hear the gospel and be like, oh, what you want? So I have to give my life to Jesus and they and they work through that and not, man, this person was really a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, right. man, this person just said, I'm gonna burn in hell if I don't repent. Like just said it so mean, like they wanted me there. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's what sometimes it feels like, like, I feel like you want me to not repent. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have this and 
I just, I want the only thing that offends their heart is the idea that they, they are a sinner and they need Jesus and Jesus died for them, you know? And they're, they're like, yeah. oh, I got to struggle with that. Not everybody, uh, not everybody accepts our style of service. Yeah. Um, a lot of churches don't accept our style of service. So they look at what we're doing, our lights, our screens, our humor, our volume. <laughs> yeah. And they think it's worldly or secular or we're selling out or yeah. we're compromising the gospel. But but my motivation and I and, and has always been since to, to you know, I started in ministry yeah. over twenty years ago has been um has been well, I don't remember what it's been now. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. It was so prolific. It, it's been to show the the joy and the excitement yeah. of God. Yep. So they don't agree with how they're doing it, but what we're trying to show is that God, who, it, it's a side of God that people neglect and ignore. Yeah. God is fun. Yeah. God loves loud music. We hear that clashing cymbals. There's not too much things <laughs> yeah. louder than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this idea of Jesus and his disciples having fun. Yeah. We just forget that whole side of God. God's not offended by our loud music and, yeah. and our jokes and our laughter and our lights. How can you call it a church? It's a rock show. Yeah. No, well, God's not offended by that. Yeah. God, it's fun for us. God wouldn't walk into our service and be like, how dare they? And walk straight out. Yeah. He'd walk in. He'd say, what's your name? Yeah. What brought you here today? Yeah. Have you heard about my good news? Yeah. And he'd be <laughs> fully involved in it. It's weird to think that. So <laughs> if, if anyone's ever been to like Soul Fest, right? That the spirit of God is in that screamo corner. <laughs> yeah. Like that corner of Soul Fest where all the bands go that are the inward, <laughs> like doing all their screaming, like the spirit of God's there because those lyrics, when you look them up, you're like, dang, these, these are, this is a worship song. That's this yeah. heavy metal. And somehow the <laughs> God's listening to it like, oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. Great job. You're pursuing me even in this, like, yeah, it's just something about like, why do we make these rules? Why do we make these, you know? And I remember someone, someone talking through, there was a, there was a sermon talking about the, the beauty of hymns. Why we need, yeah, hymns are it. Hymns are it, man. <laughs> That's what we got to do. And it's like, those hymns were new at one point, you realize, like those were the latest bop. Like those, those, mm -hmm. those came out at a point. And I just don't, get how you can have that mindset that again, whenever we talk about, you know, services where we are referencing worship music too, but like we did, we haven't hit our peak. We need to still worship him as, as our culture. Like, like we didn't peak in the eighties. We didn't peak when hymns were coming out. Like as far as our expression of Jesus and our expression of gratitude to him, like there's still an element to have, but Yeah. I always think about worshiping with all my heart. Uh, is it heart, soul, and strength? Mind, soul, and strength? Yeah. And yeah, mind, soul, and strength. We, what does that mean to worship him with all our strength? Yeah. Because so, so many of us, we're not participating in worship with our body at all. Yeah. So I think you're missing a part of it. And, yeah. and where, where in scripture does it say our church services need to be somber. Yeah. And we're, it's not a funeral. Yeah. We serve a risen king. Yeah. So the, just this idea that, that you have to participate this way. Right. It's just missing something. Yeah. It's, oh, big time. I'm, I'm reading a, a book right now that is, um, it's by a Messianic Jewish rabbi. So it grew up Jewish, celebrating all of the Jewish holidays, found Jesus and was making all of these connections of like, 
oh my gosh, the Jewish people have missed it. Everything we're still celebrating connects back to Jesus either way. So it's a really cool book, just talking about how even the holidays point to Jesus. But he goes through the holidays in the book. There's nothing somber. There's not a single somber. There are like moments within even the Jewish celebrations that they were celebrating in the Old Testament that were like, and we have a brief moment of silence to remember this. Then we go crazy. And almost every single holiday that I've read through so far in this book was like, they they party. Yeah. Like they're having fun. They're celebrating. They're- Here is, we're going to celebrate God by having a seven day feast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound. And yeah, because even with that, they're like the somber moment is the first bite of bread. We dip it in salt and eat that bitterness to remember our years in the desert. Then we feast and we go to town. We yeah. sing worship songs and we- I'll never forget when I went to Israel and it was Shabbat, 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 Shabbat Shalom when it was yeah. Sabbath. Yeah. And we go to the Western Wall and it is a nightclub. It is like a nightclub. <laughs> All the Israeli soldiers- They've got their guns slung over their back. They're dancing. They're in dancing circles. Wow. It's singing. It's shouting. It was like, it was like Times Square. <laughs> it was a party. Yeah. And I'm like, this blows my mind. Yeah. Any idea of what I thought Sabbath was, was quiet. Yeah. And you'd show up at the Western Wall and it would be silent. Or weeping. Weeping. <laughs> and it was none of yeah. that. And why do we feel like our church services need to be quiet and somber? Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not denigrating other churches who do that. Yeah, You're fine to do that. I just, I don't know. I'm a little wound up on this rainy day about <laughs> but I people think denigrating that, us. I think that is a one-dimensional approach as well. So we've talked about that before, like the idea of, you know, partially the Sunday before Easter and even that Friday, if we ever did a Friday service or something, like that's a moment to reflect on some somberness that brings out the celebration. And so there are, there's a time, right? There's a time to weep. There's a time to to mourn. And but to focus on that is really one dimensional. To have your services be only that is really one dimensional. And uh, I think you need, you need more, you need more than that. I remember, it just reminds me of old church songs that would, they were like, they were celebration songs, but we never sang them as a celebration. <laughs> I'll fly away. That's one that I always think about. But that's supposed to be a fast song, or um, yeah, one we used to do when I was when I was a kid was um, uh, sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth, and it would be a party. But then they started, but then they would slow it down at one point, yeah, and purposely make it slow. But the the one that drives me crazy was from the two thousands. Um, uh, shoot, I can only remember the part I want to make fun of, but. Um, it was a delirious song. I could sing of your love forever. Oh, but we always ended up I singing can it. Sing of your the original love. song is not that slow. Yeah, we just slowed it way down, and then it always goes. <laughs> and we'll dance with joy like we're dancing <laughs> now. And if you look around the room. An unsaved person would look around the room and say, there's not a single person dancing here. Yeah. So does that mean we're like backhanded comments saying we hate Jesus yeah. and we hate church? What is it saying? Yeah. That, like, I did not know that was in there. That is a great lyric for a slow song. Yeah. What are we slow dancing with the Holy Spirit right now? I mean, there what are, are songs about that. Yeah. But it's supposed to, like the original Delirious song was supposed to be a lot more fun. Yeah. As I remember when it's just a random other song that we did, but break free. We did that for yeah. like three Sundays. And then Chris Pike, who was the worst leader, I was like, I hate that song. I'm not doing it. They just stare at me. We're literally singing about dancing for his love. And everyone's just staring at me. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, yeah, that's such a like, all right. No one, no one feels his love right now. There's a, there's a Instagram reel. Someone posted that was like quoting, 
oh yeah, I, you know, I worship God in my own way. Uh, and it was them standing there like with their arms crossed. And that cut back to him. He's like, what are you going to see when you see God on the throne of heaven? You're just going to stand there, stare at him. You're just going to like stand there with your hands in your pockets and, and do nothing. Like, no, something's going to happen. <laughs> like, why are you acting like that is worship? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyway, tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Big tangent. Let's talk about the nine maturities. Was ranting one of them um, thing that we need to work on? Probably. <laughs> probably. 20 minutes into this, to the podcast. Let's talk about this sermon here. Um, so characteristics of a mature Christian accepting of others. So the way yeah. in the way this works is someone walks in They've got face tattoos, and so you don't talk to them. Or in our church history, people will come in. They're not dressed up enough. You say, hey, if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to wear a suit and tie. (laughs) Don't you know Jesus was very hip with a suit and tie back in 0 BC? Yeah. (laughs) Or 0 AD. So those are things like, I'm not going to accept you until you look like me and talk like me. Yeah. And until you do... I'm going to be cold to you. Yeah. Right. But it, and that's pretty typical of churches. You go into a church, people just stare at you. What are they doing here? Yeah. Which is, don't they know they're not welcoming? Right. Which is crazy because of the scripture that immediately talks against that. Like we don't judge man on their outward appearance as God doesn't like, so why are we automatically being like no suit? Oh, you have tattoos. Mm. Right. You don't have salvation. You're judging people by their bumper stickers in their car <laughs> yeah. when they pull into the parking lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, mean. So you're telling me it's immature if I disagree with another Christian to post about how much I hate them on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> that would not be accepting each other in the faith, right? That's, and that's to me is a piece of it. No, just- and, and so- what I'm not saying is that we don't, there's not a place to judge. We don't call out false doctrine and false prophets. And yeah. That's a little bit different. But right. I just think when people walk into the service, when they walk into the church, when they walk into your small group, we're not expecting them to be something before yeah. we'll let them be there. Absolutely. Oh, you, if you want to be a part of this church, oh, if you want to investigate Jesus, if you, and... Anyway, that was the idea before the first one. I yeah. think as you grow in yeah, yeah, yeah. spiritual maturity. And to not be like, oh, they don't, they don't get it. Like, we'll wait till they get it. Right. And that, cause that's another idea of like, all right, well, yeah, they're pretty rough around the edges. Let's just wait till they get it. Like, that's an idea of like, how are they going to, if you're not pulling them in, if you're not working through and I yeah. get it, like that is hard, right? It is so easy um, it's so easy when you have someone in the same uh, stage of life as you, right? You get, you get someone who has the same age kids, you know, they're both trying to, you know, they work in the same type of jobs and all this. Like those people are a lot easier than when you talk to people who are, you know, whatever in their thirties, uh, they got pregnant when they were a teenager. They've been struggling through that. Like those people are, are harder to connect to and take a lot more active I need to work on accepting you, not not walking around the church auditorium to not get in a conversation or yeah, because you need Jesus just as much as the other person does. And yeah, it's it's hard. I feel like we're just so used to like, well, I just gotta find the person like me. And those are the people I'll accept. Right. It just yeah, it just doesn't work that way. So yeah, accepting others, it's a big deal, which I think our church, and this isn't bragging on on, on the organization, right? Because you talked about it's not it's not the building, the people are the church. I think our church does a great job at. I think our our teams do a really great job. Like I'm proud of the people within our church and the way that they respond to those things. Um, I just it's a it's a culture you see, not without effort, right? And not without fighting for it and correcting each other and you know, working through it. So it's not an accidental culture and it's just, it's cool to see. Yeah. 
The next one was embracing change. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Yeah, that was a start of tangent. Yeah, and and let's get back on it. <laughs> right, churches have to. You have to change. Yes, you have to. And it it seems to always be hard. And so yeah. our strategy has been: if we change so much and we're never the same, then no one will ever know that we change. Right. <laughs> yeah. Every, it's a constant. Yep. It's going to be, con- we, we're, we have to, we have to, we can't, we can't be the church of the 1950s anymore. Yep. And scripture didn't call us to be that. Right. And scripture doesn't say pick a style and stay there forever. Right. Um, our, our commitment is to scripture and doctrine. Right. Those are the things that can never change. And, and, but, but that's not being dogmatic because sometimes we change because we grow knowledge or we get a revelation and we had something that was in error. So it doesn't mean like pick your doctrine and never change. Right, right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the timeless truths of scripture, mm-hmm. we can never change those, but everything else is right. up for grabs. The songs we sing, how we do songs, how yeah. many songs we do, whether we do songs or not, yeah, and even you know how we preach, the style we preach, the illustrations we use, so much of it has to change. Yeah, you, you know. Um, well, the very the very like heart of it, right? So if if we didn't embrace change earlier, we would not have the Bible in English. If we did not embrace change earlier, like we wouldn't have our connection that we have. Like to reach the nations means the approach has to make sense to that nation, right? And so there is that approach um, that exists. And and to us, it's to reach the generations. The gospel has to make sense to that generation in their context. Yeah. And so it's just so much, so many nuances of how much the world is changing that, we have to keep up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, one of the things that gets attacked a lot is our multi-site that, you know, this method that we're using of, of streaming sermons and, um, there, someone on my Facebook friends list reposted this. So some person made this statement They they liked it. So they reposted it. Does anything scream man-centered personality cult? That's a negative statement. Yeah. Like broadcasting your image to multiple, quote, church campuses rather than simply planting churches with hands-on pastoral leadership and care. Um, and it's like one, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but where, right? So Tell me. Yeah. Multi-site is the modern pastoral epistle and not comparing it to No, and even so you don't have to say it, right? This this actually brought got brought up in one of our early early versions of Next Steps. We had someone attend and they said, "Oh, I'm I'm theologically, they wanted to be very impressive, theologically against multi-site preaching." On and on. I could point out the scriptures. He never did, but he could. Uh, kept going through all these different things. And one of our leaders here at the Dover location, Rob Burgess, had, he was so great. He's like, I don't know. As I think about it, I think Paul would have really loved this technology. And I think the churches that were stuck only reading his letters would have really appreciated to see his face and hear his inflections and see his passion. Uh, I think he would have embraced this considering that's what they did when Paul was in prison, they'd receive a letter. And even later, like the idea of re- just reciting those letters again, let's listen. Let's listen to that same sermon one more time from Paul. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it's that exact idea. That's what the yeah. early church was doing. Now our sermons aren't scripture and I'm not Paul. I'm not an apostle. Right. Um, but we're trying to utilize technology because we are in the least churched state in the country, yeah, 
There are 1.1 million people last week who were not in any type of church, right. let alone the, yep. the, the sellout churches that are t- preaching yeah. a false gospel. And we're going to complain that a church is trying to reach those people yeah. instead of letting one, two closed churches stay closed and yeah. sell the buildings off. I drove by a church in Boston this weekend that was a dollar, a dollar Tree store. <laughs> so we would rather the church yeah. be a Dollar Tree than to have a video sermon played yeah. and there still be a local expression, a local outpost where the good news is being preached. Yeah. That's immature. It, that is, it's immature. It's, it's immature. It's immature. Yeah. The scripture that comes to mind for me is first, first Corinthians nine twenty two. to the weak. I become weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that I might save some. Yeah. And some people use that to compromise. Like we're going to have a, a Bible and beer Bible study or beer yeah. and Bible study. Okay, whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> the modern do, translation. Do what you want. Do what to you the want. people obsessed with screens, I became a screen. <laughs> <laughs> now watch me instead of Netflix as I read about Jesus. Yeah, it's like, I can't believe these people are doing multi-site. Yeah. And, but then they're watching 15 different preaches a week on their computer. Yeah. Like, so are you a hypocrite or is there some value? Right. In the, the value is so clear to me. All right. I love, and it's a, it's newer for me to be a pastor. I love being a pastor, love talking to people, the marriage counseling that I've done with people before they get married. I love that stuff. I love leading teams. I love doing worship. I do not want to preach every week. So I'm not qualified to be a pastor. Like I'm not allowed to be a pastor because preaching every week would actually make me less effective in caring for people because I can't meet with people on a Thursday when I preach my anxiety because I have to read the word of God and not say something stupid or wrong. That stresses me out because that's a big, I take that really seriously. Right. But I want to still be a pastor and to say like the only way that I can be a pastor is if I'm preaching every week. Like, no, I'm, I'm helping people understand the gospel in those one-on-ones in leading the teams and leading all these other things. Like it's effective for me. And I know I speak for other location pastors here that it is effective for us because I get to do what I'm really good at and not have to fit into the mold of this is what a pastor is doing. And so just, that's my, yeah. I will defend to the death me not preaching every week. <laughs> this person has a good, a lot of negative things about <laughs> about our church in their feet, in their Facebook post. Nice. Um, or in their Facebook stream. And my apologies. Can't stop do you, it. Do you want to take that? Go. Should we bring him into yeah, the it's, call? It's Pastor Rob. I could. Uh, so anyway, we'll move off on that one. I, so... <laughs> Giving without expecting in return. We switched from the list to the Facebook feed. Just keep scrolling through. And anyway, yeah. I definitely, yeah. But giving without expecting in return. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe that story you shared. Man, of the person pretty much buying you, like working. When oh, yeah. I could, I can't believe that happened. What a nightmare to have to work through of like that pressure to put on someone, the audacity you could have to to say something like, well, I've just, I've given so much to you. I'm surprised. I expect at some point I expect a return. I'm pretty sure that's almost an exact quote. <laughs> I was, I was at the Irving gas station in Epping pumping gas. He said that to me and it was like a baseball bat to my chest. And Ugh, yeah, nuts, nuts. Yeah, I think that is. I think that is so good, and that shows up in a lot of other small ways, right? Um, I'm going to serve at church, so later they'll cover my electric bill. <laughs> did right? people really do that? Someone did that, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? But there's this idea, like, oh, I'm going to do this because this will happen later. Like that is such a, and, and, and I, I fall into it too, right? Like that whole, 
was giving uh, gifts. I, yeah. I, you know, I had a friend tell me not too long ago, yeah, this guy at my church bought me a $5,000 guitar. He, he was like, he was buying yeah. influence into my life and ministry. And- uh, Scary. Yeah, it's just deceitful, deceptive. Like, I'm so generous. I'm so giving. And what they're doing is trying to buy you. Yeah. And later when they say, if you don't change this, I leave. Yeah. You start thinking about the tide they cover and all the gifts that, oh, well, they were funding the renovation, like whatever. And that's yeah. like, it's so immature and such a power move. It's just yeah. such a, just a, just ugly power move. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of a smaller scale. Like how do we do it? But again, like. Well, we I'm do gonna, it in a smaller scale. We do it with our, our spouse or as kids, we do it right. with our parent. Like. I'm going to um, be good because you said I can have a piece of candy after. So I'm only going to be good because I want that. Right. right. Or yeah. I'm going to do a bunch of chores. So, you know, my spouse will be intimate with me or I can get the weekend away. Yeah. And so we're, we're using it as a manipulation, a manipulation tool, not to serve each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. All right. Four resisting immediate gratification. We brought that up when I was at dinner with Haley, I forget. Uh, it was a it was a burn on me, I think, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, I was I thought I'd have it when I brought it up. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I think the mature Christian is able to withhold or delay gratification. Mm. So I mean, we can think about um, sex before marriage. Yeah. And to, to wait until you're married yep. to experience and participate in that. Mm. And that's a, an obvious one. Yeah. Um, to, I mean, really anything. Like that, I think what I shared is the, the immediate gratification of venting my anger yeah. toward my wife right, or toward my kids and saying, no, I'm not going to just say what I want because it makes me feel good and yeah. feel better. Yeah. I need to think about, no, the, the long-term gratification of having a 50 year marriage and, um, and being an honorable, yeah. you know, the testimony of being an honorable husband yep. that my kids will one day recognize yeah. and want to emulate. That's so good. that's, I mean, that's a big one. I think to me, like the negative, like oh, I'll put, you know, whatever, like you make me mad. Now I'm going to tear into you yeah. and call you names and make you feel like an idiot yeah. because you made me mad. Like that's a temptation. And that's something that probably yeah. we are not, we are <laughs> so many people are destroying their marriage because they can't delay the immediate gratification right. yeah. of saying what they think. I'll give you a piece of my mind. Yeah. I think too, it shows across in a big way. Um, uh, it comes across in a big way of immediate gratification, immediately needing God to move in your life. Like, all right, God, I prayed this prayer. It doesn't seem like you're really answering, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out, right? And the idea of like laying down those requests to God and like working through like, you don't need, if God, if someone comes to you and like, hey, I feel like God's just telling me like, you know, he has this calling, right? We've, we've seen people have like a prophetic word over other people. And then those people are like, guess I'm going to go get it myself because God's in it. And they're trying to like, it's like, ah, oh, that was actually for like 50 years from now right? <laughs> or whatever it might be. But, but resisting that, like I, it's, it's now. Right. And that, right. that, that shows immaturity of like in your walk as well. Uh, they're concerned for new Christians. Yeah, number five. So, you know, we need to change yep. how we do ministry because we live in an area with 1.1 million people who've right. never been to church or who are not going to church. And so how are we going to reach those people? What do we need to change? How do we need to communicate? How do we need to act? How? What gifts can we give them? And, yeah. Um, on and on and on. Yeah, and on. absolutely. Yeah. And then in the things that we participate in, the things that we watch, the things that we talk about, 
we're focused. I don't want to cause a new believer yeah. to fall in their faith, yep. to fall away from God because they yep. were introduced to me <laughs> and yeah. how I'm living. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that that's an awesome one. Concern for new. Um, I think through. Uh, oh, I had something while you were talking, but then I was like, "Don't be rude and think about what you want to say." Listen to Pastor Nate, and then I lost it. Sorry, man. Sorry, I want to be there for you. Bring it back Listen. whenever. I won't, and I won't promise. Cause... I care about your opinion. <laughs> no, it's good. They can. So number six, they can receive criticism. This is, yeah, this one's hard. This one, no one wants. Like, it's right there in Proverbs. If you receive, if you listen to constructive <laughs> yeah. criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's right there. Yeah. It's so true. And, uh, yeah, we, we, rather than, have someone speak into our life, we'll just bail out on the church. We'll bail out on our circle leader. Yeah. We'll bail out on accountability. Yep. We'll bail out anytime. Hey, I think you're, I think you're an error here. Um, well, bye then. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I thought you said you wanted me to be a spiritual father. Yeah. Well, no, what I meant was take me on vacation and buy me a car. <laughs> I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me the good me, aspects. Mentor yeah, me. Yeah. Correct me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so hard too, because like the things people would receive the criticism for, like, I think you need to be ready for that. So it's one thing to be able to receive it well, but to, to seek it and to expect it to be something you didn't know is a huge sign of maturity. Like most of the time when I'm criticized on something, Right. If you and I are having a one-on-one, -on -one, you're like, hey, here's something that we need to work on. Most of the time, if it's something new, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need to work on this. But we're not spending time of like, hey, still, like we have those, a couple of those meetings where it's like, hey, still, you need to work on this. It's like, yes, I know, I'm so sorry. But to receive a criticism is like, most of the time it's a blind spot. And if you're not ready for it, if you're not seeking it um, and actively like, all right, there's things I don't know that I'm sideways on and I need my pastor to tell me or I need my circle leader to tell me or I need my volunteer leader. Like let them and expect them to do it because it won't hurt as much, right? If it's just like, yeah, I know my flaws, I'm working on them, but you have blind spots too. Right. You have glaring, huge blind spots that we can see. Just let it, we're not, we don't feel better about ourselves by calling them out. It's, it's all for you. And so, yeah, I think that's a big one of like, uh, you listen for constructive criticism, but you 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 are ready to hear it. You know, this was a big one for me that I had to work on. I, I remember having a um, only certain people I would let I would let criticize me if I gave you permission, then you can criticize me. But then, when people who I did not think had the authority to do it. I responded so badly. Immature. I was so <laughs> immature, right? And I and and I think I would still struggle with that. I think I still would. Um, and that's a piece that's like I need to mature in that, um, which probably goes right into the next one too. Because when someone who I think they're not they're not in it, right? They're not they're not in ministry. They're not in this. I'm offended that they think I should do it differently. You don't know. Right, and that's an immaturity that I have that I consistently work through, um, which brings. So you brought through number seven is the under unoffendable. Um, yeah, they're unoffended, so we don't have anything we're offended by, except maybe sin. But even how we respond when we're offended by sin is not a, a in a wild way unoffendable. And I just think I I push it back to marriage too because. We can get so offended yeah. by our spouse over yeah. so stupid things. And and I think that just translates to, to scripture. Like I say something's a sin because the Bible says it's a sin. Right. And then you're offended and you leave. Right. Yeah. Um, I say a joke. I can remember 
like my first couple of months being lead pastor, I I said something like, you'll 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 be as like you'll be like a one-legged hopscotch hopscotch <laughs> champion. <laughs> and I don't remember the point, but I yeah. remember someone writing me an email that week and they never came How back to another service. Because I said one-legged hopscotch champion. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even remember yeah. what the point was. I just remember like, why are you leaving the church over that? Yeah. Like, I wasn't thinking. I just was trying to come up with an illustration yeah. to help show like, Whatever it might have been. It's in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, a shift for me when you, when you talk through like uh, the Christian, I forget how you worded it, but really like it was like the Christian is committed to living an unoffendable life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I literally just took out my notes and write unoffendable life. That's a goal. Yeah. That I want to live. The idea, right? And it's hard. You you see these people on YouTube being like, here's why you should never sing these songs in church. And then you watch them and you're like, you're ripping me apart right now. I now hate you. <laughs> like, and and uh, living an unoffendable life is like, I, I, I just want to get there. You see some of those 80 year olds who just are like, I don't care what you think. Like, I'm just I'm going along. I just wish yeah, I could. It's not a, well, yeah, I it's not a, I give yeah. a bleep life, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is not the right way. Right. But but the idea of like, you can have someone just be like, here's everything that's wrong with you, blah, 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 all this. And you're like, okay, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up to me. I appreciate that. Uh, and I, I'm going to try and search within what you're saying to find the heart. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, if I could react like that in my life, I would just be so much calmer. You know what I mean? But But there still is an offense that, that I just I just want to work through in that. Turn the other cheek. Yeah. That's the unoffendable. Yeah. They slap you in one's face, offer them the other. Yeah. Unoffendable. I'm not gonna be enraged while I'm driving. I'm not gonna yeah. be enraged by my spouse. I'm not gonna be enraged by um, you know, even what like Target does or other companies do. <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not gonna shop there anymore but I don't have to be angry yeah, and outrage. I'm yeah. just going to be like, oh, we don't shop there anymore. Right. Well, how come? Well, they, they're pushing these demonic t-shirts. <laughs> they have the de- they're selling the devil, but right. they're mocking us. Right? right. And so I'm not like, I'm just, yeah, we won't participate. Right. Um, but don't be offended. Of course they are. They don't know Jesus. Of course they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I, I think there's, I used to communicate, like teaching at youth group, like unsaved kids bring unsaved problems. Yeah. So yeah. You, you don't be shocked like that they're cursing or they're trying to smoke yeah. or they want to fight. Yeah. We don't allow it, but don't be surprised that it's there. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between like the kid trying to infiltrate and like, I'm going to burn this church down. Right. Like, so there's a, a different way we we treat. Yeah, yeah. And so some of these demonic agendas Right. We react to them a little bit differently. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like Oh, I just mean in the way in the way you react. Right. Right. Like don't be surprised when a non Christian company starts pushing something of the world. Like that whole idea is like of, of course they are. Like, yes, don't participate. <laughs> but don't be like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm so mad they hate me. Like they're gonna like they're not of the world, like until they know Jesus. But anyway. Number, wait, this says- I, I did mark it different. So I- Number eight. Because I, I, originally I had 12 of these. Got gotcha. you. Then I, well, I had like In our notes, 10. it goes from seven to nine. That's what I we're talking 10, about right then now. Then I got up to 12, then I deleted it down to nine. So there were 12. <laughs> okay. You boiled uh, them down. So number eight, they know God loves them fully. We don't have to talk too much about that. Yeah. I just, God loves me as much as he ever will. And he loves me a lot. Yeah. And he'll never love me less. Yeah, so good. And then they resolve conflicts healthily in a healthy manner. Yep. Um, and that's hard. I think we've both been on the side where people try to resolve a conflict, but it's not in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah. You're wrong. All right. Well, let's repent of it. How do we move forward? You're wrong. Well, yeah. I just repented of it. How do we move forward? You're wrong. Yeah. Hey. All right. <laughs> 
cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge maturity point. And I, well, we've already talked through that, but you you quoted our our staff culture verse, Matthew 18. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's just so, again, it's just so funny. Like some of, you really, in all of these points, hit on these huge common problems. And it's not, not a single ounce of scripture you put in is like, oh, I could see how it, relates to that it's like no no this says exactly that yeah here's how to handle conflict go and to them again, privately and again none of these are sin really i mean you can sin while you do them yeah but none of them are really sin yeah um if you don't like change and you don't allow your church to change I mean, that's not sin yeah you can do that in a in a way where you're just like no we're just who we are we're never gonna I'd change anything. Yeah. We're just going to be acapella organ and yeah. bad singer singing. And <laughs> right. Don't talk to guests and when we're, they come man, in. Man, we're going to glorify that. Isn't it great that our church sucks? But, <laughs> the church has no talent. Like, sorry, I have read those. Those are comments I've seen. Like, a piano and a flute isn't a You're beautiful? not going to go to hell for that. No. Because your, your church hasn't changed since the yeah. 1950s. But- when you begin like to lose your mind yeah, because things are changing or your pastor changed things, I think, again, you're not going to go to hell for that, but, but right. just recognize that maybe there's a little bit of spiritual immaturity there. Yeah. So we've been talking for a long time. No, yeah. I mean, we're at 50 something minutes. I don't know how long we took from when I hit record. So we're, we're at a good pace. We're about ready to end. My last thought that I had was, because you talked through the beginning, uh, these are either maturity things. They're ideas of like, we were put here to reflect Christ. We're, we're put here to reflect God. I want to look more like uh, like a Da Vinci painting than a Picasso. I want, I want you to understand God better by my lifestyle and not like, oh, I kind of get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the idea of like, Putting right. our lives together in this immature way is like, it's hard to see God in that. And it's hard to reflect God in that. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I, I want to be a, as high definition of a reflection of Jesus as I can. Right. And I think these, these things are that. So they're not sin, but they, there's a maturity in them that helps you represent Jesus better, Yeah, which is the goal, which is like the goal of a great commission is just try and show people Jesus. So, um, yeah, got any got any books or anything? Series over. Uh, books. That was a good series. The um, I grabbed this one off the bookshelf. Ordering your private world by Gordon McDonald, mm. and you know talks about how we use our time, our motivations for things. It does talk oh. about restoration in here, um, but these are all things. Right? If I, you know, if I'm stressed about something that can affect how I how I treat my wife and kids. Yeah. It can affect how I treat staff. Yep. And so I need to grow in maturity. Like one of the things I had to just grow up doing, it wasn't sin, but the types of jokes I made when, yeah. when I was 17 yep. are different than the types of jokes I make now. Yeah. I don't make hopsticots jokes anymore. <laughs> I didn't realize it was such a important American pastime. But... um. <laughs> Not you know, addressing the one-legged part of the joke. Oh, that was what they were offended about? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I get it. That's um, awesome. That sounds like a, a good book. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, and it's a, it's a classic, really a modern classic. And I I don't know. Like, I think this this one connects into our series, Like Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh, Mature like Jesus. Yeah, we're trying to. He wants to make us like him. Yeah. And we should want to become like him. Yeah, absolutely. In all our thoughts, words, and deeds. So good. And then let's not hold our religious services to a to a greater place than scripture. Yeah. So. Really good. Hey, you have permission to any other churches who are listening Add in a new song. Yeah. Have fun. 
Worshiping God's really yeah. fun. Paint, change a carpet. Move it's the too, piano. It's too expensive. Moving to piano is cheap. That's true. That's free. <laughs> All oh. right, cool. Thanks for chatting. Thanks Peace. for listening, guys.